The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. We were speaking earlier on about the progress of the UK COVID inquiry and Mark Hennessy, uh, Britain and Ireland editor of the Irish Times, making the point about the difficulty in balancing an inquiry into the individual people involved and their personalities and characters versus the process, procedures and system of dealing with the pandemic. We're going to be facing into exactly that challenge because apparently the terms of reference for an Irish COVID inquiry are likely to be drawn up soon. This is according to Leo Varadkar. Well, two people who have an insight into this are Kingston Mills, Professor of Experimental Immunology in the School of Biochemistry and Immunology in Trinity College, Dublin, and Michael McNamara, former chair of the Oireachtas COVID Committee. Obviously, the work of that committee will significantly inform, one assumes, the terms of reference for any inquiry. Kingston Mills, if I can start with you, from a, a public health perspective and from an immunology perspective, is there much that an inquiry could teach us that you and your medical colleagues don't already know? Uh, well, first of all, I'm not a medic. I'm a scientist, just to get that clear. Um, yes, I think uh, I, I don't want to see a sort of a, a blame game type inquiry. I don't think it's going to serve anybody well. I think what we could do is have an inquiry that might help us to be better prepared for the next eventual pandemic that will hit. We weren't particularly well prepared. We, weren't, we didn't know this was coming, of course, and there were deficiencies in the system in terms of PPE planning and testing in particular, and that persisted for some time, the the approach to testing um, and the persistence of using PCR testing um, much longer than was necessary. Uh, So there were mistakes made. um, And really, it's about, you know, making sure that the next time we have a pandemic, we don't make the same mistakes and that we were better prepared to deal with it. So is it a question then of looking at the standard preparedness that should always be in place? Is the suggestion therefore that we should always have a certain stack of PPE, we should always have a sort of a a testing facility or is it to look at the process by which those decisions were made? We need the facilities. I mean, when when, uh, COVID-19 hit, we had the virus reference lab that were, you know, had a certain capacity, but it didn't have anything like the capacity that was necessary for the, the numbers of cases of, of COVID-19 that we had. So some of the, the testing had to be outsourced, considerable amount of testing had to be outsourced, first to a veterinary laboratory in Ireland and then to a laboratory in, in, in Germany. Um, and then, you know, a lot of us uh, in the science end were making the case that lateral flow or antigen tests which were much simpler and could be bought in the in the in the pharmacy and and eventually the supermarket became available but but for some reason the department of health took almost a year to embrace uh, the use of these testing and then eventually of course everybody was using them and they're now still used and they're being used for detecting lots of other diseases infectious disease as well so that was one deficiency in the system and you know having you know accepting that this is an alternative and and in fact i I believe a better way of testing for 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 infectious disease certainly quicker um that we should be ready you know and have uh, implement those that type of testing very quickly if we get something like another flu pandemic or some other virus that we don't know is coming well let me bring in michael mcnamara because as i said former chair of the oroxus covid committee independent td for claire michael i suspect one of the things that people will want particular answers to is the state performance in respect of nursing homes and the deaths that occurred particularly early in the pandemic in nursing homes. Would that be your view? 
Yeah, very much so. I mean, obviously, the the families and relatives are are, are um, consistently and continue to call for an inquiry into the deaths in nursing homes in 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 early twenty twenty. I suppose was there, you know, there seemed to be a lot of a lot of people were discharged, elderly people were discharged from the acute hospitals into uh, community hospitals and nursing homes, etc. And um, it, as a result of that, uh, COVID-19 spread in those facilities and there were a lot of deaths. So I think that needs to be looked into. I mean, was a decision made? If so, by whom was the decision made? And uh, was adequate regard, if such a decision was made, was adequate regard had to the risks inherent in that or simply um, uh, was it a satisfactory decision given the, the, the what existed at the time. But I suppose it's important though to look at that in determining that and looking at that to, to determine it against what was known at the time. I mean, it's very easy to make decisions with the ben- or to examine stuff with the benefit of hindsight, but obviously those decisions had to be made. They had to be made quickly and with limited information. So I think it's important to, to bear that in mind as well. But, and you know, how do you I, balance I in this, if, if, if there is to be an inquiry, how do you balance people's individual rights versus transparency and honesty. Because if, if you push too far down the route of, of individual accountability, everybody lawyers up and this takes 900 years. Yeah, no, and that's the problem. I mean, I don't know what the government have envisaged in this. There was supposed to be a briefing on Tuesday um, last and it was cancelled. So whether it's to be a, a tribunal of inquiry like the ones that were carried out in Dublin Castle that cost a fortune went on forever, whether it's to be a commission of investigation, um, that a number of them have been carried out. I think the most recent report was probably the one into um, into IBRC and certain transactions there, or whether it's to be a, a, an Oireachtas committee of of inquiry. But I mean, if it's to be an Oireachtas committee, um, it's very limited in the findings it can make because there was a, a Supreme Court case taken with regard to a previous Oireachtas committee looking into the Abulara incident um, and it basically found that findings of fact can't be made against most people unless they're either members of the House or directly accountable to the House. So I simply don't know what the government envisaged. I mean, I was surprised Leo Varadkar mentioned the difficulty in finding members to serve on a on an inquiry, whether that means, uh, in response to a question by Rory O'Muraku, who's a TD for Loud and was asking exactly that question which you've asked about the the um, the early deaths in the nursing homes. So whether it's a it's an Oireachtas committee, it probably wouldn't be able to make many findings. I mean, there was a lot of anticipation of an Oireachtas committee into the failures in the banking sector and probably a lot less interest in the report. That it, I mean, after many hours, a lot of work uh, carried out, probably a lot less interest in the report because it's so circumscribed in what it can find. Well, on that note, Michael, what, what's the, the political mood music that you sense around the has the Oireachtas in respect of such an inquiry? Is there a desire to see it or is there a sense that there be monsters and you're just going to unearth something that will get nobody anywhere? I don't sense a huge amount of either. I mean, there's an acknowledgement that the, the relatives and families of of those who died in nursing homes, particularly at the start, uh, deserve an inquiry. They need to know exactly what decisions were made, how it impacted upon their loved ones, and whether they were the right decisions. But I mean, I, I, I think that the system politically has has moved on from it. I think, I mean, obviously if you were the, the for the Taoiseach, the Minister for Health at the time, for those who were in decision-making roles, 
they might have a certain nervousness that are at least a lot of skin in the game as to whether they're going to be found to have carried out a, a, a wonderful job or carried out a, a, a job badly. But beyond that, I, I don't sense a, a it's not, I don't sense it being a huge priority politically, but the government have committed to uh, ha- having a, an inquiry, so then I suppose they have to they have to move. I mean, there's been a lot of delays in this, though. I mean, there have been various dates set for when the terms of reference would be available and um, and published, and um, we don't know what they are yet, and there hasn't even been a consultation with the opposition as of yet. Michael, thank you for your time this morning. That's Michael McNamara, Independent TD much. for Clare, and he, of course, was the chairman of the Oireachtas COVID Committee. Kingston Mills, to go back to you, there are certain industries, I mean, you take aviation as a case in point, where there is a long-established tradition of largely no-blame analysis so that the industry and the participants can learn and can inform future action. Is there any such best practice for this kind of thing that you could point to and say, that's the way we should do it? Well, we certainly don't want a tribunal of inquiry like some of the ones we've had in Ireland in the past, because that's going to be protracted and expensive, and it'll involve legal representation, etc. And we don't want that. We want it. It has to be about learning the mistakes that were made and making sure, learning the lessons for the future, really. And I, I, I really hope it doesn't turn into a blame game type of uh, inquiry, because I don't think that's going to serve anybody, the public, well to do that. We, we need to learn rather than blame people. I, by and large. I think Ireland handled the pandemic very well compared with other countries and we've seen what's happening in the UK now and the mistakes that were made there. I don't think we made those mistakes, certainly not many of them, but we did do things we might have done better and we could have been better prepared. That's really what it's about. It's being better prepared for the future, not about blaming someone for what happened in the past. And can I ask, what is the, the evidence, I don't mean this to, as an uh, argument, but it's just as a straight question, what is the evidence on which you base your judgment that Ireland did well by comparison yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers of excess deaths, for example, um, per 100,000 population, that's one index of how, how well we did. And we compare with, with, with the UK and, for example, Sweden, both of whom have much more, um, you know, um, less stringent um, control of the, of the pandemic than we had here. So the excess deaths in those countries were significantly higher than it was in Ireland. And that's, and that's certainly one index of and and the debt rate per hundred thousand was 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 comparatively low in Ireland compared with other other comparable European countries. So that's that's probably the best index of how how well we did. And are the are the figures on which that assumption or rather that deduction is based are they reliable country to country and are they apples to apples country to country? They're not exa- exactly comparable because different countries use different criteria for for, for um, quantifying them. So, but but by and large, I think the the, the the statement is still correct, regardless of how you come up with the figures that we we did better than 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 a lot of other European countries. No, I'm not saying we were the best in Europe, but I'm just picking out two countries, for example, that that did worse than than than, than we did because of their policies. I mean, UK had a very very mixed policy on the on the lockdowns, on 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 the, a lot of aspects of how they dealt with the pandemic, whereas Ireland, you know, eventually bought in very quickly to the um, the, the need for for uh, containment measures, and and the result of that, a lot of people um, that might have died from the pandemic didn't die from the pandemic, and the introduction of vaccination and the uptake of the vaccines by the public here was tremendous. We were one of the best countries in Europe in terms of number of of percentage of people that were vaccinated. It was over ninety five percent at one stage. So that was that was the buy-in from the public to it. So it wasn't just the the government and the and the health services doing pretty well. It was actually the public as well.
Kingston, thank you for your time this morning. That's Kingston Mills, Professor of Experimental Immunology in the School of Biochemistry and Immunology in Trinity College, Dublin. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine. On News Talk.